Welcome to Cypherspeak, Artifacts, Ciphers, and Podities. Follow, 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 follow the yellow brick road. I am here today with my co-host Darcy, who is a buoyant Fliberty Gibbet, who loves her communities. And I am here with my co-host Troy, who is a cantankerous do-gooder who rides a horse. <laughs> and this is Cypherspeak. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everyone. Uh, so, Darcy, uh, one quick question for everybody in our listening audience who is like me and has no idea what a Fliberty Gibbet is. Uh, can you give us a short explanation? <laughs> uh, it is what a, uh, I don't really, I only know it as applied to me situationally. Oh, so okay. it is that uh, I am all over the place and kind of a lot and uh, somewhat flaky on occasion and uh, excitable. Is, is what I would say it's been applied to me in those situations. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I have expanded my vocabulary. And uh, this has been another episode of Cypher Speak. That's what we have to teach you today. <laughs> have a good day, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Peace out. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. So today uh, we are going to uh, talk about followers. In the original version of Numenera, there are some very limited follower rules, mm-hmm. uh, right? I think only maybe one or two kind of specific foci uh, had the use of followers, and there wasn't very much else there. Mm-hmm. However, in Numenera Destiny, they kind of added followers to every type. Um, and so, and there's also some foci that can choose followers as options as well. So you can really have a follower in a lot of different ways, or maybe even multiple followers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, there are a couple different kinds of beings or entities and situations that followers might apply to. And so I think we're going to talk a little bit about that. But uh, the sort of base idea of what a follower is in the, you know, in keeping with the destiny theme about being about communities and about uh, building with this greater audience and uh, building up the world of the ninth world around you. Um, A follower is someone who a character has inspired um, or who uh, has been asked to come work with the character for a time. So aiding that character in a variety of their endeavors. Um, Yeah, they're, they're taken up with the mission or uh, otherwise enticed to come along and aid their the character in a variety of services. So uh, the important thing here is that a follower is someone who's going to put the PC's interests um, ahead of or at least on par with their own. So they really are, it's not just another GM NPC, it's someone who's really about that character and helping them out. Um, And one of the important differences here is that uh, a PC will generally be making roles for their follower, whereas uh, most NPCs, you know, you take their level and they don't, uh, when they take actions, they a role isn't triggered. But with followers, the PC will roll for their follower. Yeah, absolutely. And also, just to contrast it a little bit, it's a little bit different than predation, where another player is kind of playing your your follower, right? So it's, it's a little bit of a different take on that follower type. So if you love the predation followers, you can by all means use them in Numenera or anything else. Right. But if you don't, you know, if that didn't quite jive with you, right, maybe you don't have 
consistent players every week where it's really hard for somebody else to play your follower, maybe these rules will work better, um, you know, for the followers that you want to have. That's a great point. Uh, so let's get into what this is. Um, and I, I should say, you know, the followers section in Numenera Destiny is is a page, <laughs> right? It's a like, whole page. It's like one little page. Uh, and so it's it's a pretty uh, gentle subsystem. I think it's really, you know, it's something you can grab into any of your Cypher games. Um, but we're going to dig into that one page and talk a little bit about it and some of our ideas. So uh, don't, you know, I just want to set the, what, what kind of content we're extrapolating from here. <laughs> Yeah, this is where you can all be amazed that we turn one page into 20 minutes. We could, you know, we could have read the whole thing and probably been done faster. We can define other words people have called me uh, all day on this podcast. <laughs> all right. So uh, moving on, the first thing that we want to define in relationship to followers is there's a term that is kind of used throughout called modifications. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically modifications is a little bit like skills, Right. It's it's a thing that your follower is is able to help you with. So if a follower has a uh, modification in, say, time management, then they would be able to provide an asset whenever you were making a time management role. Um, and, but then if that's if they were if they only had that one modification, that's all that they could help you with. Right, that's the mm -hmm. only thing they could provide an asset for. Everything else they are considered, uh, I think, as the rules put it, to have an inability in everything else. And if you have an inability in something, you can't, you know, assist and provide that asset. So once you have these these modifications, they they can do a couple of additional things as well as just allow them to help out the PC. Mm -hmm. uh, if you are rolling for this NPC to do something, they would act like a skill and give you mm -hmm. a, a plus one level to your roll. Um, if you're not rolling uh, for the NPC, right, if the NPC is just sort of off to the side and, and it's not important enough to actually do a roll, but you just want to see maybe how competent they are at a thing, um, you can add plus one to their level because they have a modification. Yeah, there's sort of this dual nature to it. So if I have, you know, my follower is a, a an old code breaker from the rebellion, okay, who I've recruited <laughs> an old untrustworthy code breaker who I've recruited <laughs> into my uh, this is my scheme. I, you know, my character might want to be like, hey, I found an encoded thing. I'm going to ask my follower to like decode it for me, right? And mm -hmm. uh, so I, it could be, I could say, hey, I want the follower to help me decode it, in which case they just act as an asset if they have a modification in code breaking. Um, or I could be like, hey, my follower, like I have to go run off and uh, be a, you know, buckwild space pilot for a minute. Follower, chill here, decode it while I'm gone. That's when you would maybe call for a role and mm -hmm. give them and treat that NPC as though they had a skill. So it's a level easier for them to attempt. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if it's not as important, right, if your follower is just wandering around the ship and you think they might get into trouble or the GM wants to get them into trouble, yeah. <laughs> maybe they just compare their levels to see if they can get into some room where they shouldn't be. Yeah, or your level two NPC happens to be wandering around while you're gone and you want to know if the level five security system picks them up. Well, you know, if that's off screen and like 
you know, less important, I might just have compare those levels rather than uh, make it a role. So there's sort of a gradient and lots of ways you can handle it. Um, but yeah, so if, if we're talking about an NPC attempting a task or being affected by something that they don't have a modification in, um, we don't get into rules about like how PCs help each other when they don't have a skill. Um, it they just they act as if they don't they have an inability in all other tasks. So what that basically means is uh, your followers are helping you out with things they have modifications in by providing an asset, um, or they're they're not really uh, helping able to help with any other tasks. They don't mechanically change your your task by adding like a plus one or anything. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and I think the last thing to kind of talk about uh, with modifications is that a follower's level determines mm-hmm. the number of modifications they can have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if you're code breaker, you know, old grizzled guy, maybe he's like a level four. And so he's got, you know, ciphering and obviously deception and gambling yep. and something else, <laughs> you know. Treachery. <laughs> Treachery. <laughs> you find out just a minute too late. Uh. Uh, um, you know, so so that, you know, whatever level they are is the number of modifications. Uh, so that, that kind of helps determine how many things a, a follower can help you out with. Mm-hmm. And just like skills, right, there's no list of you know, types of modifications you need to choose from. Uh, it's, you know, try to choose something between underwater basket weaving and doing stuff. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, and you mean and doing everything. <laughs> and doing everything. Correct. Correct. Uh, so, you know, combat and defense are always uh, a little worth getting um, more concrete about. Um, so, yeah, Troy, do you want to introduce how we wor- how we work with combat and defense and your followers? Yeah. So again, just like any other modification, a follower can have a attack or defense modification. The rules don't really specify how precise you need to get with these particular uh, modifications. I would tend to rule similarly to how it's worded for most of the character types that they would have to have like a speed defense or Mm -hmm. an intellect defense modification, right? It's not just a defense modification. Mm -hmm. Um, And similar with attack, right? A lot of attack uh, abilities and stuff reference some type of attack, right? Like a ranged attack or a blunt weapon attack or something like that. Um, But anyway, you can give your follower these modifications but they do have to be level three, right? So it's not, it can't be the first kind of modification that you give to your follower, assuming they start at level one, mm-hmm. um, you know, which a lot of them do. Absolutely. Um, I think I think that makes a lot of sense because when you're in combat, you're making like a lot of rolls. And so, whereas with, hey, break this code for me, that's probably only going to involve like a roll or two. Um, the impact of that modification is is changed than if uh, I was having a follower help me with every single attack roll. Mm-hmm. So um, it makes sense that, and also like combat's hard and uh, quick moving. And so I think it just makes sense that it takes someone more skilled to be able to c- be on their toes enough to constantly be helping you. So that's sort of my narrative uh, mental image of that. Now, uh, there are some special exceptions for uh, certain uh I almost called them fortes, uh, foci. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so there's the controls beast, right? Uh, focus where you get sort of, that was in the original Numenera core book. Um, you get an animal companion that can sort of help you out with things. Uh, so various 
uh, foci will will modify that and will you know you're kind of specializing in a certain kind of follower right so i think mm-hmm. yeah i think that there's one yeah that gives you like a soldier follower right which at first level has an either attack or defense modification right you know so yeah some of basically some of the foci will override these rules and some of them might even give more modifications than the level mm-hmm. of the follower yeah i mean cypher is a game of exceptions right <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know uh like all, all your type abilities are, are giving you exceptions to the rules or giving you ways that you can do things differently. And so I think that, that fo- all of followers is a pretty fun playground for tweaking these rules contextually to make them work for the particular situation. Um, so, you know, go wild and tell us what you do. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about, you know, we just said, oh, you have to, you know, usually start with a level one follower and uh, they increase. Uh, yeah, so they so how they initially start out is that they, often start out level one, um, but whatever level they start out with, they progress and grow in expertise a little more slowly than you do. So every two tiers that you advance, uh, your follower that stuck around with you is going to get uh, an increase of one level. And so that mm-hmm. means they'll be able to pick up a new modification. So that's that's pretty straightforward. But, uh, you know, sometimes you want to have the like grizzled old a code breaker to to come along and possibly deceive you. Uh, so what about what about those types of followers? Yeah, so there's a there's a little section in this uh, in this set of rules that talks about exceptional followers, um, and basically it says that hey they come in one level higher than normal, and the GM determines when and why an exceptional follower could be granted. Uh, now I would tend to argue right. The one level thing, you could go even more if you so desired, mm-hmm. right? I mean, kind of whatever that follower needs to be. Um, and yeah, they they can come in and have a higher level and be a little more useful. Um, the code breaker is an interesting example because maybe this is just a temporary follower, right? right? You know, so it, it kind of muddies the water of GM NPC a little bit, right? We're kind of giving control of this NPC somewhat to the player, um, but you know we're still maybe retaining the fact that there it's for a limited time, right? Like you know uh, Joey is going to sign up with you and he is going to go and complete this mission because he really cares about uh, his village and uh, he is you know totally on board with the PCs. But once his village is saved he doesn't want to go to the next village to save Mm -hmm. them. Right. So he's kind of done being a follower maybe at that point. Right. So there's a, there's always a player type that wants a freaking pet. Uh, I I have on occasion often always am that player type. So uh, it made me very happy when I saw the little section about uh, what about pets? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, I, so I love that they call this out. Um, yeah. it's, it's very cool. Um, you know, the first thing they say is pets don't have to be followers, right? So if you just want a, mm-hmm. a pet from a role-playing perspective, right, right, that your character has a sesky or a cat or um, a snail or whatever it may be uh, as your pet, um, you know, they can just have that, right? It, it just... Don't make them spend a follower spot on it. May, may have them just, hey, they can have a, a pet. Um, mm-hmm. So they don't generally have levels or modifications unless they are the follower, right? I mean, you can make a pet 
a follower, but then they kind of follow all the other rules. But if you don't want to do that, they can just be a pet. Right. Um, it's kind of how center stage, how how much you want them to engage in the, the, the front of the fiction. Um, and so I think that can shift, right? You might have a pet and it, you know, the player's totally fine to leave that being the cat in the background sort of there for narrative fluff and occasional, uh, you know, making it matter. But sometimes, you know, they are about that pet and they, they really want, <laughs> you know, that that spectral Black Panther or whatever to sort of come into the front. Um, so, yeah, so you can bring them into the follower role. Um, and there's actually going to be a whole section on this in Building Tomorrow. Um, or I guess, is that already out now? Uh, but Building Tomorrow has a whole section on non-human followers. So this is all about weird pets you can have, uh, strange entities that might follow you around. Uh, so I, I'm really, really excited to read that. I haven't gotten to look at it yet, but. Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds great. We might be revisiting followers again in the yes, future. I know. We're, probably, <laughs> um, we're suckers for followers. Um, one little tidbit that was in here that I really liked is the note that even if you're not pulling them in as a follower, a, a well-cared-for pet grants an asset to a PC's tasks related to achieving peace of mind, finding comfort, and resisting loneliness. Uh, I thought that was just lovely and beautiful and exactly uh, makes sense to me. A hundred percent. That is a very lovely, well-written little little tidbit that, that they slipped in there that is, is really awesome and, uh, you know, makes us love our pets, right? Mm-hmm. So... As, as our hearts fill with warm uh, feelings and feels about that, uh, how can we make other followers as uh, exciting and interesting as, as the idea of fluffy pets who make us, who banish <laughs> our loneliness? You know, how do, we, how do we breathe life into followers? Uh, you know, I mean, I think an a important way is just to harken back to our last episode, right, where we were talking about character sentences, right? You know, give your follower... A character sentence, even if it's not a full sentence, but some sort of sentence so that you, um, you know, you have an idea of what they are, you know, the grizzled rebellion code breaker, Mm -hmm. right? The part you don't know is the end of his sentence is who is going to stab you in the back. (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) You know, I think that that's a super kind of simple way to, uh, to do that. Absolutely. And that's kind of what they, they list here. Again, we talked about this in the last episode, but, and, you know, this little section on followers doesn't really contextualize this as a character sentence for them, but they, they write it out as, you know, a firebrand diplomat able to convince an enemy horde to back down. Um, and what I think, you know, so I guess if, if I was going to bring a follower into my game, uh, I'd want to give them a name. I'd, I'd you know, mm-hmm. give them a name that, that definitely is a good starting point. I'd want to give them a, a little character sentence just for myself maybe, right? Because this is going to be an NPC that you're going to come back to. And, uh, and I was, I was about to say that you're going to come back to and role play a lot, but, um, you know, often it might be that the player is sort of dictating some of their actions, but you're probably giving them, you know, a a dialogue if they want to talk to their follower. So having that, that grounding and that foundation of a little sentence to come back to is really helpful at making them feel unique and, uh, realized in the world. And the other thing I would do, uh, because I, I really struggle with like quick, deep NPC like characterization, I would draw one of those NPC cards, right? Or maybe a couple and sure. mix and match some of those those qualities. So you get a sense of, you know, some physical characteristics, some personality quirks, uh, and yeah, and sort of their their like demeanor. 
So I, I would write all those down. And I think that would mean you have a, a lot to go off of and some hooks with that character. Uh, another thing that I think is really helpful for like giving an NPC some kind of quick life and making them interesting is a picture of some sort. Yes. Good point. Right. You know, either, um, you know, a picture that you find or, you know, if you're gifted enough to draw something yourself, uh, you know, whatever that is, you know, uh, a lot of times that's just, you know, a little bit about, okay, that's what they look like. You, you kind of vision and picture things in their head. So that's what I would add. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, one more that I might add that I'm not good at, but I really want to be good at is like, <laughs> if you can give them some kind of vocal, you know, have them speak in a, a like slightly higher pitch or a lower pitch than your normal voice, be, you know, just, I think giving them a moment's thought about how you want to portray their voice can help when they're going to be speaking to the party more often, right? This is sort of an NPC that's yep. going to be around. So giving them some sort of interesting voice um, might be worthwhile. And then, you know, people will recognize when you're talking in that in that character's voice. Um, and there's a really good uh, podcast episode about giving your characters voices and a lot of like really easy techniques that are do not require you to be a talented voice actor to do so. Um, <laughs> this is in the Critical Success podcast that James D'Amato did. So I will put a link in the show notes there. I think it's worth, worth listening to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, if you can pull that off, um, another place to go for ideas, again, hearkening back to Mr. D'Amato, is mm -hmm. if you have a copy of Noisy Person Cards, Yeah, there's all kinds of at least like voice ideas there, right? And you can make them sound like whatever you want, but maybe that gives you an idea to what kind of voice to affect. Awesome. Uh Yeah. Do we want to do cool follower ideas? or do Sure. Think, yeah. yeah. So... I, I guess what I was thinking here is like where where would we put these followers? Like where could we use them outside of Numenera is, mm. you know, like um, I, there, there's a couple of interesting things. The first one that jumps to my mind is actually something that so for those familiar with the gumshoe system, there is uh, Cthulhu Confidential came out uh, earlier this year, which is a one on one Cthulhu gumshoe game. And next year, a one-on-one -on -one, uh, Knights Black Agents game is coming out. Uh, and so I've taken a little bit of a look at this. And one of the interesting things in there is it basically comes out and says, hey, your one player can't know everything, right? They can't have all of the investigative abilities. So give them contacts, give them people that they know that they can go to and interact with. Mm-hmm. And get these things. So I guess the first thing that I was thinking of, if you really want to ramp up the followers, is if you're playing a one-on-one -on -one game, right? Give your PC a couple of followers that uh, kind of cover for some of their weaknesses or do some of the things that they can't yes. do. Um, and then you have a way to interact with them as well, right? Like you, you have, you know, you can play those followers and, um, you know, they can you know, interact with the PC, but the PC still has the ability to, you know, kind of determine what they're going to do in critical situations because they are followers and they kind of want to help and do what the PC is going to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I think even if you're if you're in some other game, uh, maybe you're doing a game like where you're exploring a lot of ruins or something and you're bringing things back up to this NPC to help you sort of sort through it. Um, I, I could see a lot of 
games that would that would benefit from this kind of you're a person who has a contact and I think that's a way to make having the player whose contact it is make the roles um I think is a way to to sort of like reward that player for probably spending effort you know narrative effort or uh you know mechanical uh currency to say I want to be the person with the contacts right um and so I think sometimes when you're a really social character you're the person who brings in these really cool NPCs but then you sort of sit back and you know that that NPC exists outside of you you're the person who gets them to the NPC but you're a little bit more of a passive role. And I think for some players, that's exactly what they want and they're happy. But for some players, letting them roll to see how, you know, perfectly or, or, uh, you know, to sort of get that chance to, to feel uh, engaged with how that, how well that contact um, is able to help you out could be really valuable to some players. So. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of an interesting avenue is, you know, a follower doesn't necessarily have to be someone who follows you around yes you know um like think of like a traditional like sidekick in a lot of superhero games it might be too dangerous for them to to follow you around um Mm -hmm. you know like i'm thinking i can't remember is it rick jones maybe that is like the hulk's like follower sort of right like he's just a normal everyday guy Uh um you know and is always like around the hulk but like if he's actually in those situations right like hulk smash buildings fall on him bad things happen Mm -hmm. you know so yeah like a follower can be somebody that you contact and they're always there to do a solid for you right Mm -hmm. um or you know, they're uh, a reporter and they can, you know, dig into a story or run a story, run propaganda for you or something like that. Right. I mean, all kinds of different things where they can still fulfill that role, but they're not, you know, there with you in the moment, every moment. Yeah. Um, one kind of follower I'm curious about, and I don't know if I would want to engage with, with these rules for it, but I wanted to ask you is like the follower you might not want to have. You know, there's a lot of stories about, uh, so you're a superhero and there's this like kid who idolizes you and they're trying to follow you around everywhere and like be like you or document you or, um, you know, you're a, you're a young kid having adventures and your kid brother is trying to follow you around. Right. (laughs) So these, um, these sort of, and I think, you know, a lot of times in movies and books that can provide really interesting story potential, um, as you sort of wrestle with, I, I don't want them here or they're going to get themselves into danger. But from a story perspective, it's really fun if they can provide something once in a while. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do you, would you think about using these follower rules at all? Or would you let them just be an NPC that's GM'd? Um, you know, it, it, that's a that's a tough one. Um, you know, I would actually probably lean most towards the predation follower rules in that case mm. oh, actually great point yep because i think it would be very interesting to see like the players basically like right like drop into little brother mode right mm-hmm. and uh you know kind of do that thing um you know that'd that's, be really cute yeah that, yep. that yeah that's probably maybe the way i would lean um yeah, I don't think that these rules are quite right for for that. Mm-hmm. Not that you couldn't do it. Um, and really, you as the GM just kind of do all the role playing of the, you know, hey, don't leave me behind. I want to come along. But then let the player decide if there's a use for their skills, right? I mean, so I'm sure it's still possible. But um, yeah, I think the predation ones are actually a better fit for that and for me. 
Yeah, I like that a lot. Because uh, then you can get that back and forth and that tension uh-huh. yep. get to feel it at the table. Um, one more thing I wanted to pitch is uh, thinking about gods of the fall. You know, you're in this apocalyptic world. The gods have literally fallen from the earth and heaven has crashed down. And there's a lot of things that are really terrible. You're finding out that you have the the spark of divinity within you and becoming a god in your own right. Um, so you're, you are, uh, some of the, the, the ways that you tear up suggest that you kind of have a following coming around you, right? There's mm. a, there's a, I don't remember if it's abilities or if it comes with certain tiers, um, all the way across, but you know, you're starting to get people looking to you, right. And praying to you or wanting things from you. Um, and so I'm curious what I would want to take as followers from here. I, I could kind of see like, Hey, maybe you get a disciple who follows you around and then you just straight up use these follower rules. Mm -hmm. But I could also kind of see, Hey, there's a temple to me in this town over here and they have some expertise, right? They're really good craftsmen. And so I'm wondering if you could kind of take this, uh, almost treat it, uh, as a group, right? Like that, that group of people is kind of like a follower. Um, you know, this enclave has these skills, uh, and I, I might go to them for help in this thing, or I might go ask this group of warriors who have sworn to, to defend me to come along on this adventure, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I would have to play with it to see if, like, you would actually need these rules to sort of engage with that. But um, it, it's just making me think about better ways to uh, handle and, like, make more unique the people who are following you. I think when I read Gods of the Fall before, when I played, I didn't get high enough where there were, there were followers. Mm-hmm. And so it was sort of like faceless mass of people. I was <laughs> like, I knew there were people out there. But if you can kind of give them a little more uniqueness and breathe that life into them and give them names or give subsets of them uh, a personality, I think I could, uh, I think I would just like that a lot more as a player. Yeah, no, that's really good. And and while you were talking, I was thinking, you know, there's no real reason that a follower needs to be a single entity, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe your follower is the brothers Huey, Dewey, and Louie, uh, yes. right? And uh, they're really good at um, causing trouble. Uh, so that's the modification of Huey, Dewey, and Louie, right? Oh my gosh. Is that, they're, they're, uh, that they're good at causing trouble. So... Um, you know, together they provide that asset, right? So mm-hmm. you don't need to, you don't get into the, oh, there's like 20 people around here and I need to make roles for everyone, like in a right. situation. It's like, hey, this group of small group of people, you know, is acts as one, right? right. And they can provide me one level of help with a thing, even though there's four or five of them. Now, again, it can get really silly really fast if like you have five npcs and each one of them has a group of five followers and all of a sudden there's like 40 people walking around everywhere um (laughs) so i mean you kind of think about how crazy or silly you want your game to be or how you know but maybe maybe this is the mass battle rules for maybe you know the cypher system who knows um i'm really eager to see what this will look like in the new Cypher System rulebook and the new supplements that are going to come out for genre-specific like tools and uh, the new settings like the Stars Are Fire. You know, yep, uh, it'll be really fun to see how followers get looked at um, in those. Um, I'm not, I have not been told that followers are in there, but I, I think I, I, I've sort of assumed that there will be some kind of follower rule in the new Cypher System rulebook. 
but I have no inside information. <laughs> uh, you know, she may or may not be lying, folks. I can't tell. <laughs> I'm not lying. I'm terrible at lying. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, but anyway, uh, anything else on followers? No, I think that's all the ideas I have. Um, I'm really eager to see these get played with more and to see all the creative ways that people are engaging with it that I haven't seen yet. So please come tell us how you use followers in your games. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Moving on to podities. Uh, my podity this week is, um, you know, kind of a uh, where two parts of my, you know, past merge together uh, and, you know, D&D and my recent past and I'm sure will be in my future and uh, choose your own adventure books. Um, so there is a new set of books out, um, called Endless Quest. Um, there are four of them out right now and they are choose your own adventure books, uh, set in, uh, Dungeons and Dragons worlds, right? So you play a cleric or a fighter or a rogue or a wizard in the first, uh, the first four of them. Um, and if you really like choose your own adventure books and want to harken back to maybe some of your, your childhood days or, you know, a week ago, whatever it is for you, um, you know, check them out. Uh, I've uh, read through one of them. Uh, they're pretty good. My kids really like them. So also if you have kids who are like into fantasy and or choose your own adventure or you think might be, these would definitely be another thing to check out. Oh, that's so fun. Ooh, I love choose your own adventure. Very, very good pick, <laughs> Troy. Now I'm, I, I want one for Numenera really bad. <laughs> um, so to all of the MCG folks listening to our podcast, uh, Darcy wants to write a choose your own adventure book for Numenera. That's I her sure pitch do. to you. That is my pitch. <laughs> awesome. Um, and now for my potity, if, uh, if I can jump into that, um, you know, gifts and giveaways and stuff Ooh. for you that you can win. Yay. Um, the Cypher Unlimited Discord, uh, which is a lovely community that mm-hmm. uh, has been growing by leaps and bounds and still being a really, really beautiful place uh, full of really kind, welcoming people um, and just really active with running pickup games and running seminars on GMing in the Cypher system for new players. Just a really, really active place. Um, I, I love it very dearly. They recently reached um, 1,500 members. So they are doing a cool giveaway and uh, you can join the Discord and you can enter their little giveaway channel. Um, you can ask somebody about it, about it when you get in there or there are sort of pinned messages you can go check out. And uh, a bunch of people are going to be pitching in cool gifts. Um, there's going to be a lot of like like the Vert people are going to be donating some cool Vert swag. The um, A lot of the Cypher System Creator Program folks are chipping in some cool PDFs you can get. Um, MCG is going to donate a whole bunch of cool stuff. Uh, uh, a little bit TBD. I was sort of fishing for ideas from people. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm compiling the list right now, but, uh, that's really exciting. All you have to do is sort of join the discord and then join the giveaway channel. And, uh, I'm going to be, uh, helping host the, the, the sort of live drawing on Twitch, um, on the MCG Twitch channel at, uh, on December 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern. So you have to be entered by December 5th. So we have time to sort of get it all together. So get in that Discord. We have an invite link in the show notes. Uh, Come join us. There's even a Cypher Speak channel. You can come suggest topics like Quincy Forder did. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. (laughs) 
Cool. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, definitely check out uh, the stream on uh, Friday, December 7th, so you can see uh, Darcy White doing her best uh, Vanna White impression. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So before we go, uh, I just want to talk about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network, and that is the Gnomecast. Uh, several gnomes from Gnome Stew, even Darcy on occasion, mm-hmm. uh, get together to talk about a gaming topic and themselves a little bit in an effort to avoid being thrown into the stew and entertain you. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, check out the Gnome Cast if you are a fan of the Gnome Stew blog. Uh, if you're not, maybe check out the Gnome Stew blog. Uh, it's amazing. They have all kinds of great articles out there. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, check them out. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, as always, we love hearing from you. So please reach out to us, especially if you have some ideas about followers or ideas for future topics. Um, we can be found on Twitter at CypherSpeakPod. And if you have some larger feedback to give us, mm-hmm. feel free to uh, hit up our email, CypherSpeakPod at gmail.com. You can also uh, hit us up on iTunes and uh, rate uh, us there. We deeply appreciate all of you that have left ratings and reviews. Uh, And if you haven't, we would be so overjoyed uh, if you did so. Uh, And also, you can go to misdirectedmark.com to our CypherSpeak category and check out our episodes there and leave any comments that you would like. Yeah, we always appreciate all the feedback. Thank you, everybody who's done that. Um, so, so Troy, ooh, who's going to get in first? Go for it. So Darcy, uh, will you follow me to this dark, dark place and we'll see what happens there? Did you know that is a hundred percent exactly the thing I was going to ask you, Troy? <laughs> get out of my head. <laughs> Cypherspeak is a member of the Misdirected Mark podcast network, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Who is a buoyant flibbertig? Ah, uh, damn it! <laughs> Fliberty gibbet. <laughs>